operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart that you can't take part. You can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. All right, we are back and better than ever. Comic Relation Podcast. As always, I'm Rock. By my side, the Desi Arnaz to my Lucille Ball, <laughs> Steven. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> All right. As always, you can check us out <laughs> online at comicbookrevolution.com. You can go to our Facebook page, Comic Revolution's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You can check us out on Twitter at CB Revolution. You can check me out on Twitter at Rock2K's Revolution. And you, Steven. And you can check me out at President Glover, all lower caps. <laughs> all right, my friend. This week, mm-hmm. we have a bevy of titles to pick from. Mm-hmm. From the House of the Mouse, Stephen, we have a debut issue. Oh, oh, you know how to get this one. Ant-Man number one. Yes. We also have, because you told me in our last podcast that you had not heard of this comic. So I said, well, Stephen, we're going to remedy that, aren't we? Strike Force number six. Yes. <laughs> that was a thing that you did. Yes. <laughs> and then another number one issue. Gotta love number one issue, Stephen. X Men and Fantastic Four number one, mm-hmm. and then over in DC, Stephen, we return back to the world of Batman with Batman number eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. I like the last one so much, I wanted to dive back in again. Mm-hmm. We also take a look at Justice League number forty, mm-hmm. the first issue after the Scott Snyder era has ended, yep. and last and certainly least. <laughs> <laughs> Young Justice number 13, Stephen. Yeah. At this point, Stephen, I would like to publicly apologize to you for having made you read this issue because upon further review, uh, I it's just not something you do to a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was in, uh, yeah. We'll save that. Okay. Uh, Let's kick this off over at Marvel, shall we? Let's do Ant-Man number one. Okay. All right. Ant-Man number one is brought to us, the words, by Zeb Wells. Mm -hmm. The art by Dylan Burnett. Colors by Mike Spicer. Mm -hmm. We begin in the Florida Everglades with AIM moving some illegal drugs that they have created. Mm -hmm. It's highly addictive, technologically altered street drugs. Yeah, Steven, I got to tell you, uh, AIM used to be so much cooler. <laughs> AIM was always like the mad scientists involving crazy, insane tech. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of James Bond villain-esque, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know. It seems drug dealers. It just seems below AIM. It just doesn't seem like AIM. It didn't work with me. I was just kind of like, really? Is that what AIM is doing nowadays? I just didn't feel very... You could have used almost anyone for this role and not aim. Anyhow, (laughs) Ant-Man shows up on the scene with his sidekick, Stinger. And this is what Cassie has been reduced to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cassie was a member of Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe her name was Stature. Yes. Right? Yeah. And... 
why couldn't she still be stature? I, I don't know. It, the Nick, the code name Stinger sucks. Know, it does. It's, that, that, it's that's bad. Terrible. That's yeah. a bad. That's a bad code name. Yeah. Plain and simple. And <laughs> furthermore, I didn't know it was Cassie Stephen. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought this was a new sidekick, a new male sidekick, because Cassie's <laughs> drawn like a man. Look, I get Cassie's not, you know, like, you know, Sophia Vargas. Sure. I got that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that. But, I mean, she's still a female. Yeah. I know. Okay, she's over the age of 13, mm-hmm. right? Okay. I, I, yeah. Even as a high school girl... They don't look like the boys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. That was weird. So I was thrown off, Stephen. I did, totally didn't know it was Cassie at first. Yeah. I, well, that that was weird, but I was like, oh, so obviously they put him with that Nadia again. Right. <gasps> right. I That's forgot about I, her. I, thought, I, like, I forgot about her. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was just some new dude. I mean, Stephen, <laughs> look. I mean, yeah. it's drawn like a man, right? It's yeah. not my imagination, is it? No. Okay. So anyhow, Cassie, unfortunately, is named... Stinger now. I just just keep her as stature. Yeah. I mean, she's it's a great gimmick. She's a great character. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with it. Anyhow, yeah. so our heroes bust aim, and of course, Scott Lang tells Cassie she needs to watch her language. And it's not like when she was with uh, Young Justice and cursing was young cool. Uh, I'm sorry, Young Justice. Oh my god, I got <laughs> Young Justice stuck in my head, Stephen. Head, I'm yep. so scarred from it. Young <laughs> Avengers. It's not like when you, she was with Young Avengers, you know. This is about being a responsible adult. This is why you don't team with your dad, yeah. Stephen. This is why you team with your friends, not mm-hmm. your dad. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we then cut to Ant-Man hanging out in his new home, which is an anthill. Yeah. It is an anthill because he can't afford rent. They're really playing up the loser mm-hmm. Scott Lang from the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. Like, like, Zeb Wells is taking... The Ant-Man from the Ant-Man movies mm-hmm. and cranking it up to 11. Yeah. Like just over the top, right? Mm-hmm. And then as he's chilling in the, and it would, is interesting, Stephen, we learned he, the ants, he, we always knew that Ant-Man can communicate to ants. Yes. He's actually talking to him now mm-hmm. and the ants talk back. Yes. That's a new wrinkle. Mm-hmm. I don't ever recall that happening. I don't either. There I was like never it. Never any actual dialogue. It was just right. You knew he was talking. Yeah, yes. I, I'm fine with it. Don't oh, give. Sure. It's not a negative. It's just something t- entirely new. It's a yeah. new wrinkle that Zeb Wells is bringing to the franchise, which I'm, I'm okay with. Yeah. And then suddenly you hear this massive dad, and oh, it's Cassie. She's outside the ant hill. This ant hill is outside of a trailer <laughs> in some dumpy part of Central Florida. No, not Central Florida. My bad. They were in Miami. I don't know what kind of part of Miami they're <laughs> in, Stephen. Um. Alternate universe, Miami. I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I lived in Miami. My wife is from Miami. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't look like Miami to me. But anyhow, so he pops out of the, out of the, the anthill, and, and Cassie's like, your place is that anthill, isn't it? You don't live in that home. For some reason, Zeb Wells only has Cassie scream. Yeah. Do you notice that in mm-hmm. this, this scene? She's, it's screaming. It's really annoying. It's like when someone types you an email in all caps. Yeah. And you're like, ah, it hurts your ears for reading. It's annoying. <laughs> he, is it me or does Zeb Wells write Cassie as a really annoying, one-dimensional, obnoxious teenager? Not at all what we got with, I mean, Cassie was a, 
again, am I hallucinating? Cassie was a really well-written character when she was statured with Young Avengers. Yeah, and she loved her dad. Big like, time. Loved. Oh, adored her father. Yes. Adored her father. And in here, she just comes across as a really loud, obnoxious, one-dimensional teenager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is really rude to her dad. Yep. Like, he's a jerk mm-hmm. to her. Or no, he's not a jerk to her, but she thinks he's a jerk, I guess. You know what I mean? Very dismissive yes. view. It, Cassie's character really regresses in this issue. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a fan of Cassie from Young Avengers, you're going to be really disappointed with what you get in this issue. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really bad version of Cassie. Yes, like, she is. regresses a million miles backward. Mm-hmm. Really disappointing. Like, super disappointing. Yeah, it... <laughs> I didn't see this coming. I didn't either. Honestly, it's um, yeah, it's a little upsetting. Yeah, because Cassie's been around long enough and has had got enough panel time. I thought to have built up enough core character traits that other writers know how to reference writing right. her. Ca- go back to other comics to reference how to writing her. Well, you would think so, I right. guess. But anyhow. A doctor shows up, Dr. Sandra Stoli. She is a B doctor, mm-hmm. and she is here because she wants to hire Ant-Man, and he thinks she's hiring her as a superhero. And right. she's like, I actually need to tr- hire you because we're having some – I'm with the Florida State Beekeepers Association. You need to talk to our bees, uh, <laughs> see if you can find out where they've gone. They've gone missing. And he's like, really? Yeah. But he needs the money. <laughs> so, again, it's, it's, it's Cassie screaming at him that he lives in an anthill, so he needs to take the money. Yeah. So, anyhow, we then cut to Ant-Man riding a flying ant Mm -hmm. and uh, arriving where the beekeepers are. Now, the ant is giant-sized. Yes. So, Ant-Man's normal-sized. He's in his normal human size, but he grew grew a flying ant to be giant. That's a creative twist on his path. Again, Stephen, Mm -hmm. I don't recall ever seeing this. It's a really cool... we hammered on him about Cassie, but sure. this is like having the ants talk to him. This mm-hmm. is a neat creative twist on his powers. Well, why wouldn't if he can if Ant Man can make things larger and smaller, why wouldn't he just enlarge a yeah. flying ant and not <laughs> shrink him? You know what I mean? Like, why not? Right? Yeah. It's a cool twist. It is. And a giant ant's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's rather terrifying. Yeah, so, <laughs> anyhow, he he. Uh, Ant Man, to the bees. Bees, bees, bees. Yeah, bees, 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 bees. That's the sound effects he makes. And then a bee flies over, and he's like, "Hey!" And and Ant Man's like, "Where are your bees? Where are your buddies?" And so he hops on the bees back, and I'll take you there. And the bees like, "This is a strange thing you do now," because you know the insects don't quite talk normal, right? And so the bee flies him over to the hive where all of his his uh buddies are and we see swarm is there swarm mm-hmm. is an old villain yes. old marvel villain who is basically a conscious a consciousness that it brings is, bees together to form he his is body. legit a swarm right. of insects right yes. and so and we do see that um scott lang has in his heads up display can bring up all the avengers files and get all the files on on uh Prince Von Meyer, yeah. aka Swarm, mm. and uh, he's like, I just he he says yes. all this information about Swarm to Swarm, like to, to to impress Swarm that he knows all this. Right. But in reality, he doesn't know it all. He's just yeah. reading. <laughs> he's just reading off his heads up display. But again, yeah. I like against a tweak. I like that 
he has the tech in his helmet mm-hmm. to access Avengers files and it has a heads up display. Like right. again, nice job with uh, tweaking the, his power set. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ant Man then gets the good bees that haven't been taken over by Swarm yet yeah. to cover him to <laughs> form a an exosuit. Right? Like a bee armor. <laughs> right. And then the bees go, make nest of man. Yes, man idea. Good. <laughs> and they all sort. So now he's like covered in bees like they're an armor. Right? All, all you can see is his red yeah. red helmet eyes. Right? Yeah. And, and Scott Lee's like, well, this is terrifying. <laughs> so, look, Zeb Wells has some good lines in here, Stephen. Yeah. He's got some good lines. That is definitely one of them. <laughs> and so he, he starts fighting Swarm and then... Eventually, he manages to get the bee, to get the bees to talk to each other, and they and all the good bees get the bees away from Swarm mm-hmm. and out of his control. And Swarm's <laughs> like, as he's dying, he's like, very few bees left to make up his body. He's like, right. no, you don't understand. I was I was doing this to stop them. And Ant-Man's like, who? And then in walks Vespa, the Specter of Hornets, Thread, the Silkworm Ghoul, and Tusk, the Rhino Beetle Hulk. Uh-oh. Yeah. And Ant-Man's kind of at this point like, oh, crap. What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? Um, so <laughs> that's the issue. Yes. Uh, Steven, Ant-Man number one, what'd you think? Um, well, I would say it is, you could, if you have the definition of a mixed bag in the dictionary, I would say that this is one of those. Yeah. Um, as far well, I'll, let me do the negatives first. <laughs> yeah, just to end positively. Yes. Um, I I don't like what he did with Cassie. I think there are right. some lines that could have worked if they were delivered not shouty, like "You live in an ant hill." Yeah, yeah. Like that very like if it was like a poking like "Come on, Dad." Come on, Dad. But sweet from yes. a loving, sweet nature. Exactly. Just gotta remember, Cassie ad- worships her father. Yes. Yeah, she can get some, she gets snarky with her mother. And, and that's, the, that's the kicker, Steve. I don't understand because Zeb writes it like she she wants she to live with her dad. Her, wants to, her, yeah, because she made she makes a comment after telling her dad he, she he needs to take this job with the beekeepers association. Yeah. She's like, I also got a house that my mom and stepdad with jobs pay for. So that's another reason I'm not going with you because she, he was like, you know, yeah. So she he turns it on his head because you're right. Cassie adores her dad. Mm-hmm. Is Kind of bitchy to her mom. Oh, yeah. And the stepdad. Mm-hmm. And he totally flips it around. Sorry, yeah, for n- no reason. Right, <laughs> right. It would have been interesting if, if she had, like, you know, had to confront, like, okay, well, maybe you're not what I thought you were. Right. Well, but, what makes Scott you know. Lang work is he's a character that has had problems. Yes. He has a criminal past. He's mm-hmm. made some mistakes. He's made some bad decisions. But he is basically, at his core, a good man yeah he's a good man who tries Mm -hmm. he's a good man who tries and tries to work through bad luck and adversity yeah right Mm -hmm. and his daughter sees that in him and adores him Mm -hmm. and it shows you how even a man who has problems who has to fight through bad luck can still try to be a good man and can win his daughter's heart and have her support and be viewed as a good father yes it's a positive message Mm -hmm. And you lose that when she treats him this way. Yes, I I agree hundred percent. I think that it's something that you know. There's a lot that you can do with the um, him trying to like still you know be a good dad and win her approval yes. and whatnot, but not like this. It's 
it it, it feels too like sitcommy. Yes, agreed. Which is probably my my biggest problem with it as a whole is a lot of the humor. Some of it is good. Like some sitcoms yeah, can be funny. For sometimes. sure, absolutely. Um, it's it just feels a little. I don't know. It's too forced. It's, it's forced. It's forced. It's cliche. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not every line has to be a yeah. zinger. Yeah, exactly. Not every single line of dialogue has to be a zinger. Yeah. And that's what I feel like he tries to make literally every yeah. line has to be a zinger. Especially out of, um, out of Scott Lang's yes. mouth. For, yes. At least for, the, for most of the issue. Yes. Um, and some of it is just not funny. Right. It's like, I mean, you can do that, but if you don't have the good well, jokes to back it up, right. then it's going to seem a little right. forced, and it's going to seem like the bad sitcom. Yeah, you know? well, it's, it, if you're going to make every line have to be a funny one, you're gonna, you're, your hit and miss ratio is going to... It's, it's going to be bigger. It's going to be bigger. Yeah, and you're, you're handicapping yourself. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, so that, so that... I mean, the thing with Cap... I mean, I love the Young Avengers so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. I... um. I've adored. I mean, I I liked Kieran Gillen's Young Avengers, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, the original is still like yeah, totally the, great. The peak, yeah, 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 for sure. And um, so seeing that was that was probably my my biggest issue. It was a very yeah. personal thing, but technically, it's just it kind of meanders a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but I mean, I think at least on the positive side, I do think some, he does land some good lines. There are um, the, though yeah. I, I did like the one about the the bees. Yeah, like, the bees. Well, this well, is terrifying. And there's another one where he <laughs> first sees swarm, and he's like, "But seriously, man, this is entirely too many bees. Yeah. I gotta take some back." <laughs> <laughs> like it was just there are a few lines yeah. where he just times it perfect, times it perfectly. Yes. And then others that don't. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, and it and it and it fits with the the personality that we've come to expect. It's not yes. like too much. Like, oh my god, you're really nailing. It. It's like okay, he would probably actually say that in right. a fight. And um, I, I thought it was you know a cool fight. I like the um, yeah. the additions that he's made to his powers. Love I like those. It when yeah, when a writer does that, I totally and, agree. And, and makes it make sense. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was really cool. I like the way the insects talk because <laughs> me too. And it's... I like that. I mean, and this this is it's it is kind of laying it on thick, but I like that they're all kind of tired of his crap. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it adds an extra dimension to the story. Yes. It makes it more fun, <laughs> more entertaining. Yeah, yes. I agree. I agree. And um, uh, but yeah, and the and the ending um with just these very strange looking bug monsters. Oh yeah, around. I was like, yeah. oh, all right. Yep. I could. I I'll come back. I want to oh. see what happens with this one. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, Vespa, the Spectre of Hornets, Thread, the Silkworm Ghoul, and Tusk, the Rhino Beetle Hulk. Yeah, I'm coming back for that. Yeah, I'll come back for that. <laughs> I, I uh, pretty much how you viewed it the same way. It, it was. It was. It's a mixed bag. Yeah, it is a mixed bag. The downsides are Cassie, mm-hmm. and having to make literally every single line of dialogue from Scott a joke. Yeah, that's a miss. Um, I think playing up the loser aspect of Scott is a little bit too much, a little, little too overboard with the loser aspect of him. Okay, yeah. I mean he he can have an apartment. Okay, oh sure, he doesn't have to live in an. Aunt. He's making I mean, a terrible apartment, right? You know? he, he could just be a lousy apartment, but yeah. I mean, give the man an apartment. Having him live in an, aunt, it just it's just it's a little bit too far. Yeah, just a little bit too far, and where it's hard to take anything seriously. Yes, you know what I mean. So those are the downsides. 
the upside, same thing with you. When the humor lands, it lands well. Mm-hmm. There are some legitimately good lines and agreed with you. His Zeb Wells is very creative in augmenting Ant-Man's powers, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. The insects talking to him, fantastic. The three villains at the end, really cool, creative, interesting. Gets you wanting to come back for more. Yeah. And overall, the issue is fun. Yes. And the goal of the issue, we always talk about, you want writers to be agnostic and just be there to entertain you and oh, make yeah. as much money as humanly possible and appeal mm-hmm. to as many people as possible. This does it. Yes. This does it. It's fun. It's entertaining. It's escapism. It's mm-hmm. all it's here for. It's not trying to, 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 it's not trying to, to fix the world. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not curing <laughs> cancer. It's not curing cancer. Yeah. It's entertaining you, it's... which is nice. Yeah. I like it. It's just good quality superhero fun. So um, the and, art, um, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the art, Stephen. I gotta be honest with you. I mean, mm-hmm. again, like I didn't know Cassie. I didn't know that was a girl. That was a boy. Yeah. Uh, the art for me is just not my style of art. It sure. just isn't. It's a little too, um, a little too. It, it lacks detail. It's a little mm-hmm. too sloppy. It's a little too cartoony. It's just not my style of art. Yeah. Um. I'll say about the art. I mean, other than the stuff with Cassie, I thought it was. Okay, when it got into stuff in the daytime, I thought it looked better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like the I do like the cartoon I do like cartoony art sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think it did its job. I don't think it's great, but mm-hmm. I do think um, it has its moments. I, I mean the like the stuff with like the bee suit and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. and the and of course the villains at the end. I thought mm-hmm. they looked pretty cool. Yep. And some of it, you know, um, it's probably not as like creative as I would have maybe like for a style that is as goofy as this, mm-hmm. but like, you know, some stuff like the bees, bees, bees. That was, <laughs> there's some visual gags yeah. that were kind of funny. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I would rank it as a positive, but there's okay. some, you know, some, some rough edges. All right. How would you grade at Ant-Man number one? Um, I will give the writing. I'll give the writing. I'll give it a five. I think okay. it balances out okay. in the center and the, Art, I will give a six. Okay. Yeah. Good enough. I will. I'm, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, yes. <laughs> yes. I validated your opinion. Yes. Um, um, I will flip flop for me. Okay. I will go. I will go six night girls out of ten for the writing. Okay. Five night girls out of ten for the artwork. But mm-hmm. you know, aw- awfully close to what you're saying. Sure. All right. Next up, let us take a look at the other number one issue that came out, shall we? Mm-hmm. That would be X Men and Fantastic Four number one. Yes. This issue. Brought to us by the creative team of Chip Zdarsky, uh, the writer, who mm-hmm. we both like, yes. and Terry Dodson, the penciler, who I like, yeah. and Rachel Dodson, the inker, who I also like. Mm-hmm. So, great creative team. Uh, Dexter mm-hmm. Vines and Carl Story uh, pitched in with some ink assists, yeah. and Laura Martin, who is uh, my favorite colorist, easily, uh, does the colors. So, in this issue, it, we have uh, our Fantastic Four uh, just a little brief recap of Franklin and his role in Fantastic Four and how he's a mutant. He's a mega-level-powered mutant. Mm-hmm. And now, recently, he's beginning to lose his powers. Every time he uses them, he right. loses them, right? Mm-hmm. Loses a bit of it. So it's going down, 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 down. And then we cut to Krakoa. We see the X-Men have decided, or Professor X and um, Magneto have decided, that they need to reach out to the Fantastic Four and get their son... 
Franklin to come back with them. Mm-hmm. He belongs with them. He's in a mega level mutant. And they're worried that he is beginning to lose his powers and that eventually he'll just become a regular human, mm-hmm. right? And they want to help him with that. They want to help him fix his problem with his powers. So they recruit Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. who has a relationship with Franklin because back in Fantastic Four versus X-Men from 1987, yep. it was Franklin who helped cure Kitty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they think maybe Kitty can talk to him, right? right? All right. She agrees to it, and then we cut back to the Fantastic Four on Yancey Street. They're mm-hmm. headquarters on Yancey Street, and Reed's like... Working on Franklin, like, I can't fix your powers. I don't know what the deal is. I just can't stop it, you know, but it'll be okay. Don't right. worry about it. And Franklin's like, this stinks, you know, whatever. You can do everything in the world. You can literally solve every problem in the universe, but you can't solve mine. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, you know, you don't have time to fit me into your schedule. He's a typical teenager. Yes. But has some legitimate criticism toward his mm-hmm. dad. And then Sue... And Reed talk about Franklin, how he's reacting, and Sue's like, look, he's just a he's a teenager, and he's trying to find his place in the world, and he was special with his powers, and now he might lose them, and so he's reacting as yeah. you would suspect, mm-hmm. right? Then we get a little entry from Reed Richards about something called the God Power. It's a theoretical uh, energy source for superhumans in relation to the Fantastic Four, right. and how each of the Fantastic Four relate to this God Power. That's where they get their powers from. Mm-hmm. And that evidently uh, Franklin's connection to that God power has been severed somehow. And that's why he's not getting his powers refilled every time Mm -hmm. he uses them. Okay. Interesting theory. (laughs) Then we can cut to the thing talking with Franklin at a diner. And Franklin's like, you ever wonder why my dad can't fix your, your problem or my problem? Maybe it's because he wants you to be the thing because it helps the team. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't want to fix your problem. And he wants me to be a regular kid. So he doesn't want to fix my problem. And Ben's like, I can't believe Reed would do that because he'd know we'd never forgive him. Right. Right? And then Johnny walks in the door and he's like, "Uh, we got visitors. Come with me. We got back to the FF's headquarters on Yancey Street. We have the X-Men there Mm -hmm. in particular. We have Professor X, Magneto, Wolverine, Iceman, Storm, Bishop, Kitty Pryde. Mm-hmm. And Pyro. And Pyro. That's All right. right. If I'm going to send any kind of mission that requires any type of um, deft handling or deft touch yeah. or um, I'm not sending Wolverine. <laughs> He's the one I'm not bringing along. Well, and then you have the criminal <laughs> Pyro. and I'm not bringing him either. I would yeah. bring Bishop. Sure. I would bring Storm. Mm-hmm. I would I tell Magneto to stay Magneto home. Either. I would yeah. tell Magneto to stay home. Yeah. Bishop, Storm, Professor X, and Iceman. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. And Kitty Pryde. And Kitty Pryde that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. You don't bring Pyro, the ex-criminal. You don't bring Wolverine, mm-hmm. and you don't bring Magneto. <laughs> you know. So yeah. anyhow, uh, Sue has created a force field um, around their home base, not letting the X-Men in. Mm-hmm. And Kitty Pryde appears in the scene, slips through the force field, <laughs> phases through it. Yeah. Gives a big hug to Franklin. Franklin calls her Kitty. Uh-oh. Does Jerry Duggan know that Franklin is calling Kate Pride Kitty? Well, she doesn't if look Jerry like a- was <laughs> writing this issue, yeah. the panel after uh, Kitty and Franklin give a nice warm embrace and he calls her Kitty, mm-hmm. the next panel, Jerry Duggan would have had Kitty uh, kneeing Franklin in the crotch mm-hmm. and, then, um, and then telling him it's Kate. Yeah. 
And then she would also be dressed like a pirate. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so we then cut to everyone goes inside uh, the Fantastic Four's apartment. And they're all, and Professor X makes his big pitch about why uh, Franklin needed to come to Krakoa because he's a mutant and that's where he belongs. Mm-hmm. And they can help him with his powers. Right. And Sue acts exactly like any mama should act. Yeah. You don't come between Mama Bear and one of her cubs. Mm-hmm. And she puts uh, she puts a force field around Magneto, and she's like, y'all aren't touching my kids, period. Mm-hmm. End of story. So things escalate. Yep. Kitty grabs Franklin and goes, you want to get out of here? And he's like, yeah, I'm over these people. So they phase through, <laughs> right? And they're gone. Yeah. And then we cut to outside, and Storm is outside with Thing. They're kind of like, you know, kind of like how you have like the – the, when, when the mafia <laughs> bosses are meeting and they have yeah. like the goons outside and the goons are kind of like chest bumping yeah. each other, kind of just trying to like, you know, in, yeah. out intimidate each other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and Storm's like, you know, Krakow's a good thing. It's, uh, you know, millions of us died at Genosha and, you know, we're, the only way to, for us to survive is Krakow and being together and things like, yeah, you know what? It sounds like to me the least safe place for my mutant godson is a new Genosha. Genosha. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, right, right. So score one for the thing. Yeah. And uh, then we see Kitty and Franklin and they're together and they're hanging out, what talking about what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a Krakoan they go they land near a Krakoan gateway in the park. Right. And uh, Human Torch shows up in the scene and he's like, you know, Franklin, where are you? Everyone's looking for you. Kitty, are you kidnapping, you know, yeah. Franklin? And then, so he's getting aggressive. So Storm shows up, and she uses wind to blow Johnny away. Mm-hmm. And now we got a big fight. Yeah. And everybody gets into it. Everybody's fighting everybody else. And uh, <laughs> Ma- Magneto and Invisible Woman square off against each other. Yeah. Which is just the the best exchange in the in the entire thing is Magneto floats down, and person's like. Eric, let's not escalate. And then Sue, and Sue says, no, let's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. She acts exactly like a mama should act. Yeah. Um, and so during the fight, Kitty's like, what do you want to do, Franklin? You need to decide. And Franklin runs through to the gateway, to the Krakoa gateway, to go to Krakoa. Mm-hmm. But he runs right through it. Yep. Uh-oh. Wait, what? Yeah. And at this point, he's shocked because he's mutant. He should have gone through it, right? Mm-hmm. And Reed goes, I'm sorry, son. I knew this might happen. I created a dev- So I created a device that masks your mutant gene, which prevents you from accessing the gates. Yeah. <gasps> what? Yeah. This is so Jonathan Hickman Reed Richards, isn't it? Uh-huh. This is so Hickman Reed Richards right here. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> and Reed's like, look, you're too young to go. I'm your dad. I'm just trying to protect you. So Franklin's pissed, mm. and uh, the X-Men decide, you know, it's time for us to leave, and Professor X goes, you know what? I think this will resolve itself in time. You know, yeah. your son will choose when he's an adult, because Reed, his big argument is, Franklin can choose when he's an adult. Yeah. And Charles is like, yeah, you're right, he will choose when he's an adult. <laughs> you cut to Franklin and Val in their room together, and he, Franklin's pissed about mm. everything. And Val's like, you know what? I'm going to help. Yeah. We're going to get out of here. And so we then cut to the thing, chewing out Reed for what he did mm-hmm. to his son. Fair enough. Uh, but Mama Bear, she doesn't care. Sue is perfectly fine because she knows that, uh, you know, he's trying to protect the kids. Yeah. But Even the same, she still says. She does say, though, that, you know, that hey. That was wrong. It, yeah, right. Yeah. That they still need to, you know, free will and all. And uh, then we cut back to Krakoa. 
they're talking about how Franklin's probably going to come to them, you know, mm-hmm. soon enough. And then we cut to the Marauder ship where Kitty Pride is, and she finds two stowaways. It's Val and Franklin. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. And then, before they can get back to Krakoa, they are attacked by none other than Dr. Doom. Mm-hmm. Mm, that is the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. Steven, Fant- uh, X-Men Fantastic Four number one, what'd you think? I thought it was pretty... I want to say fantastic so bad, but... <laughs> It's so easy. It was excellent. It was oh there you go. <laughs> um, it was it was great. It was yeah. pretty much everything I yes. wanted to see yes. when you know we finally had these these two groups absolutely agree. together after what Hickman set up at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, think about how long that's been now. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. But um, yeah, I think well, Chip Zdarsky is a great writer. He is. Um, I think he was robbed of, of the Fantastic Four title. I agree. Um, I, he understands these characters yep. so well. Um, I he should have had it instead of slot. Yeah, I, I agree. One hundred percent agree. It's not that I dislike that Fantastic Four title. It's just yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just won't say anything more about it. Right. Um, I think that he does a great job building on um, Hickman's work. Uh, well, on both teams, basically. I agree. I think yeah. he does a great job carrying that very just the the Jim Jones esque mm-hmm. vibe amongst the X Men. Yes, and I think that he carries that the questionable Reed Richards ethics. Uh, yeah, the ethics of Reed Richards. <laughs> um, but I think I mean he just does a a great job with every. Every character who actually who speaks, of yeah, course. Yeah, I, I think, totally agree. I think he. I mean, because I mean, Wolverine doesn't talk a lot, no. but when he does, it it's, sounds it's on point. just like him. Yes, uh, he calls Beard Canadian Healthcare. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I, I really dig like when it's uh, Professor X and Reed Richards together. Yes, that there's just something so to me so similar about them now yes agree which it raises a lot of questions yeah and makes for an interesting dynamic i mm-hmm. love um i love his sue storm yes. so much i think she, that's a mom shows that she's and uh, not she's just a mom she's a kick-ass mom she acts like every mom would act if she had superpowers yeah seriously yeah like it, that, that, that <laughs> zadarsky basically takes your mom mm-hmm. and gives her superpowers <laughs> Yeah. Which I love because Zdarsky writes Sue Storm not as, you know, like this amazing superhero or an ex-soldier or some paragon of virtue. Mm -hmm. He writes her like a mom. Yeah. A mom. If you, if I were to (laughs) describe for me, Sue, what is Sue? Mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me, let me describe Sue Richards in one word. Mom. Mom. Mm -hmm. It, that's so refreshing because how rare is it you do see a superhero written by Marvel or DC where her defining characteristic is she's a mother. mom. Yep. And she is a mom. She's a mm. mom's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she reacts exactly like mama should react. Yeah. I, 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 I adored his, his, uh, Sue Richards. I just, I just thought she was just, yes. Yeah. That's like I could see my wife reacting that way. Yeah. If she had superpowers and someone tried to take one of my boys, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think you nailed it. The strength of this issue, mm-hmm. by far and away, is the character work. Yeah. Because the character work is fair. 
phenomenal. And you're right. It's every character who talks, whatever yeah. characters talk, they're written beautifully. <laughs> yeah. The character, it's phenomenal. These characters are so well developed. Mm-hmm. They all have their external voices are unique to them. Yeah. The dialogue is so well constructed. The character work is just compelling. That's what pulls you in. Mm-hmm. The amazing character work and the incredible chemistry between literally every character, mm-hmm. Stephen. All the characters have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's incredible, yeah. the character work. It, this, that, that, is the, that is the beginning, the middle, and the end of this story is all character work, character work, character work, character work. Yep. It drives everything and is beautifully done, and I'm with you. You get that whole creepy cult vibe from Professor X. Mm-hmm. You get the uh, from the Hickman Reed Richards where, you know, ethics are what I say they are yeah. because I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm. So I get to decide yeah. what the still, ethics are. But you still feel like but, but he, he does still, care. He does care, but yeah. he because he's the smartest man in the room, yeah. he knows better than you. So you don't question me. Right. And and <laughs> I, I, I like that. Yeah. I also like that. It, it, you're right. He, he picks up on what Hickman has done in both franchises. Yeah. I, I It's interesting when you see the X-Men outside of um, – in a comic outside of Hickman's X-Men mm-hmm. title. They come across like the villains. Yeah. I mean, if you read this comic, mm-hmm. even though what Reed did with his son is shady, yeah, the FF come across like the heroes mm-hmm. in this issue. Yeah, the X Men come across like villains. They, they, real Hickman has really tweaked things, mm-hmm. and the, the X Men are far more villainous than they've ever been. Yeah, um, I think, the- and Professor X is not likable. No. At all. He's not. At all. He comes across like, well, he comes across as a cult leader, but he comes across kind of like a jackass. Yeah. I mean. He, which I, which is a fascinating take on the character. Again, I'm yeah. not, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It's something different. Yeah. But he's totally <laughs> unlikable. No. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it, it's so, I mean, the only thing that I think, um, Kind of because I think it's a little more. It's presenting like the question of mm-hmm. what should Franklin do now. Yes. Of course, having Professor X being this um, weird person yeah. is 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 kind of uh, is off putting. Yes, but um, I mean, I, he's not necessarily wrong because no. he makes the point of well, is this something that can happen to every mutant? Right. That we need to figure out. We need to figure it out. And I think that, and this is probably my favorite character work of the issue is that he is that Zdarsky writes Kitty Pride like oh this was so refreshing wasn't it Steven Mm -hmm. after having to read Duggan's weird drunk alcoholic cause pirate cause playing Kate Pride uh, (laughs) this 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 was Kitty Pride yeah this, I mean, this is actually Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. like her actual character. Yeah, beautifully written mm-hmm. and far more nuanced, yeah. far more complex, mm-hmm. far more compelling than anything you get on Marauders. Yes, if absolutely. you got this on Marauders, Marauders would be a great title. Yep, it's such mm-hmm. a better Kitty Pride. This is Kitty Pride. You actually recognize the character. Yeah, Zdarsky gets her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because he writes her more like she is. He, yes. he doesn't. He doesn't play up any kind of cult angle with her. She nope. seems like. Kitty Pride. Yes. He stays and, true to the character traits of her character. Yeah, and I think that um that's incredibly refreshing. Yeah. But it also it kind of gives you like a sympathetic character on the X-Men side. Absolutely. Like, they you know needed what? it. I don't 
I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm going right. to if, if they try something, I'll protect you. Right. You know, it's She's a good friend. She's a good friend. Yeah. And um and of course, well um at least on the writing side, that ending was like, well, who is the one person that has not really shown up like to comment on Doctor what's happened? Doctor Doom. Perfect. And it's like, oh, perfect, my right? God, that's so cool. That gave me chills. Like, oh, I can't wait to see what, like, what he thinks of what's happening. It's what so I, cool. I also liked Zdarsky's use of continuity. He yeah. took mm-hmm. a four-issue story from 1987. Yeah, the most people probably don't even remember. Oh, I guarantee you, the vast majority of people don't remember yeah. it. Have never read it or don't remember nope. it if they read it. And said, "Hey, there is a connection between Franklin mm-hmm. Richards and Kitty Pride." I'm going to pick that little bit of continuity and build off it from my story. That's genius continuity work, Stephen. Yeah. Genius. I love when writers can work with continuity in that way. Yeah. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's a real talent. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as the art goes, um, I thought it was a a tad... uh, rough in some areas was not dodson's best work was no. it no i've i mean i've i'm a huge fan of of, of dodson and yes. both he and his wife i mm-hmm. think they're they're a great team and and rachel knows how to properly ink terry's pencils yep. better than anyone i prefer rachel's inks on terry's right. pencils versus any other inker mm-hmm. it wasn't up to the standard that i expect from 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 terry and rachel and I don't really know why. Maybe they were rushed. I don't know what, but it. Not, I've seen better. Right. I, and I mean, what really it was some of the uh, it was some of the action scenes. Like when mm-hmm. it was just two characters. Like there's one where the thing punches out Iceman's yeah. thing. That looked cool. Yeah. But when it's Susan Storm and then you have Magneto, yes, and Professor X, and they've got a bunch of stuff going on. That's yeah. when it kind of gets a little. Yep. Little off. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, maybe if it was just, there was a lot and they didn't have the time to make it perfect, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a noticeable drop because I mean, the rest of the issue is pretty, it's pretty nice looking. Yes. You know, it's very up to par with, you know, what, what the Dodson's deliver. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a kind of shocking. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the only ne- the only negative, Stephen, mm-hmm. the only ne- and it's an extremely extremely small negative. Okay, don't get me wrong. Okay, very 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 small negative uh, is, and he repeats it several times. Zadarsky w- repeats it a mul- couple of times. He really wants to frame Reed as the smartest man in the world, mm-hmm. and Sue as the most powerful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. She's not. Right. She's neither. Power can be either in several ways: spiritual power. Mm-hmm. She's not a spiritual leader, so that's out. Political power. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have any political power. That's out. Yeah. And then physical power. Well, she is not the most powerful woman in the in the Marvel on Earth. There are far more female characters more physically powerful than her, mm-hmm. that are richer than her, that have more political power than her, right. that have more spiritual power than her. So. I, I was kind of at a loss for that. I've never seen Sue framed in that way. Right. I've, I've always seen Reed being referred to as the smartest man in the, in the world. That, that's common. Why they felt like 
White Chip felt like he had to come up with a, a moniker for Sue. I mean, she's just, she's Sue Richards. She, she's the miserable woman. She's great the way she is. And she doesn't, by calling her the most powerful woman in the world, you, you, you kind of set her up for failure because she's obviously not. Yeah. But she doesn't need to be, to be a great character. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like Sue's a fantastic character. Yeah. She doesn't need that, you know? So that was my only tiny, tiny, tiny little criticism. Super, super minor. Everything else is fantastic. Sure. And, um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that was, that was a little much. Um, now, I, I personally didn't mind it because I found it entertaining. It's like, oh, you, you bad. You, yeah. You, you could do something. Um, and, I mean, well, at least with, um, so yeah, with, with the writing that with stuff with the powers, I didn't think that was that mm-hmm. was too bad. Um, it's she's been shown to have a whole bunch of you know uses and whatnot with those force fields, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, I do. I think there's enough nuance in there where I I, I let it slide, but mm-hmm. I do see your point. Yeah, yeah so super yeah. minor. Yeah. Um, it's a great issue. Oh, it's a great yeah. issue. It's a fantastic Absolutely. issue. How would you grade out uh, uh, Fantastic Four X Men number one? Um, I'll give the writing um, because I didn't have I didn't have that that problem. I, mm. I thought it was all just really really yes. well done. I will give the writing a nine mm-hmm. and I'll give the art a seven. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I totally agree with you. I'm going to give the writing nine night <laughs> nine night girls out of ten and the art seven night girls out of ten. Yeah. It's a fantastic issue. It's it's it's, it's it's worth buying. It's it's worth every penny. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Is. Last from Marvel, Stephen. Strike Force number six. Yes, this was an issue. The words is the thing that happened. Yeah, the words T. Howard, mm-hmm. art Jacopo Kamani, colors Guru Dash EFX. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen, Strike Force consists of Blade. Angela Spectrum, that is uh, Monica Rambeau, Rambeau. for mm-hmm. all you out there. Yeah. Winter Soldier, Spider Woman, Wiccan, and Hellstrom. Right. In this issue, Stephen, our heroes are going up against Carla Sofen, who you know yes. as Moonstone. That's right. She's she's got some crazy scheme, uh, some illegal experiment called the Aru Project, mm-hmm. and she's employed Ghost to help her with it. Right. Mm-hmm. She's creating EMP projections of murdered patients. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the deal. Ghost is helping her because she has, uh, Moonstone has on a disc, the, I guess, the consciousness, the digitized consciousness of the woman he loves who was killed by Roxanne. Yeah. Okay. She's, yeah, she's got a girlfriend on a jump drive. <laughs> that's right. Kind of a variation of, of uh, the Smith's girlfriend in the coma, I guess, huh? And... Uh, <laughs> That um, would have made the issue better if I had been listening to that song. Yes, it would have been. Yeah. Um, so long and short of it is, we've got this hospital full of these zombies, essentially, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And our heroes are battling them. Yeah. And finally, Moonstone arrives on the scene. And uh, we cut away from the, the hospital mm-hmm. to Hellstrom and Wiccan, who are back home at the Strikeforce safe house with the uh, one of the... Um, with Count Ophidian, who's right. from the first story arc, the Valari people from Asgard, yeah. right? That they dealt with in the first uh, in the uh, in the first story arc, and they find out that this captured character is actually um, a crystalis, right. a shell, right? Mm-hmm. I guess he molted or something, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and he's somewhere this he's somewhere in their hideout, hiding. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go searching for him, and 
in the process, uh, Wiccans says he can look into the future and find out where this character is, Count mm-hmm. Ophidian is, and Hellstrom's like, we'll do it already. And they cut away back to the hospital where our heroes um, have come across Ghost, who's agreed to turn sides because he right. just he hates Moonstone. He just wants his little yeah. digitized girlfriend. <laughs> it's all he cares about, right? Yeah. And they so they team up to double cross Moonstone. We cut back to Hellstrom and Wiccan. Wiccan's showing Hellstrom the future. And evidently, it's the devil torturing Hellstrom while Angela is on a throne with that Satana on her lap. I think so. <laughs> okay, there we go. And sure, um, and then Wiccan's like, "Wait a minute, he's in the building." Mm-hmm. I feel really silly about having to do this. This whole thing, Stephen. This yeah. whole th- this whole part just made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Count Ophidian, they thought he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. They find out it's just a crystal shell, right, of him. He's actually snuck off. Mm-hmm. Wiccan immediately thinks that he's left the building. Yeah. And his solution to finding him is to look into the future? Yeah. Specifically Hellstrom's future? Because when you... when. What he, when he looks in the future, he looks into Hellstrom's future. How is looking to Hellstrom's future going to help you find this Count of character? And then the second after he looks into Hellstrom's future, he goes, oh, wait, he's in the building. Mm-hmm. Well, how did you suddenly know he's in the building? I don't get it. None of that made... It, did any of that make sense to you? No. <laughs> this seemed like super sloppy writing, didn't it? Well, th- that seems like super sloppy <laughs> writing. Okay. <laughs> okay. The whole issue is super sloppy writing. Yes. Um, th- so they find, they find, they I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, no, no, you're, I'm, I'm, you know, fair, I mean, fair point, but I mean, it, they find, they find the count hiding behind the water heater right. and he's like, look, my people have nowhere to live in Asgard anymore. Our home was destroyed. So the Verdai are here on Earth because we mm-hmm. have nowhere else to go. We have to be on Midgard. So right. what do you want us to do? And then we come back to the hospital. Our heroes are battling Moonstone. They overwhelm her with the help of um, Ghost, of course. Ghost plucks the little disk drive with his girlfriend on it away from Moonstone. And then we, our heroes have won. Yay. So then we cut to Ravencroft Institute for the Criminally Insane. Mm-hmm. We see Moonstone chained up to a chair. Then a doctor comes in and lets her go and says, here, have a coffee. Look, uh, we need your help with some of our sickest patients. And she's like, well, I'm more than happy to help. And he's like, great. Here's a lab coat. Um, you know, we're going to have you get to work immediately. And then... They leave Moonstone while she's getting her badge on, her little you know, lab badge and her white coat on. Right. And the doctor and his two orderlies talk about how Moonstone's super dangerous, and so sometimes humoring evil genius is the only way to keep them contained. So I guess she's in jail, but they're going to let her work? While in jail? I guess. I don't know. They, Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it was an interesting idea, but they had something okay. going with, oh, the, she, they're actually bad, and she's yeah. going to do them. It's like, well, that was an idea. That's Okay. And then it was just like, no, never mind. 
And then we have um, Spectrum, mm-hmm. Monica, yeah. who, when they defeated Moonstone, she absorbed all these spirits from all the dead people. Because and that's kind of the thing. I don't know if she absorbed any spirits or, or their if energy, she, or if like she took them out of the computer, and so it's electricity. Yeah, and has their data impulses or whatever in it. I don't know. She releases that know. energy into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So the energy goes in the sky, and there we go. Yeah, and they're gone. Which they were dead already. Right. But now they're really gone. And then Spider Woman goes. I heard from Dam- Damien, uh, Damon and Billy, the Count's awake and, and he needs a home. And Monica's like, another wandering soul? Let's go put it back where it belongs. End of issue. I, but they didn't do that. They, everybody still died in the hospital. <laughs> I, I, okay. Strike Force number six, Steven, make some sense of it for me. Um, that is going to be impossible because <laughs> I, well, I know I was in trouble when I looked at the recap page and I was like, I, okay, um, I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of these words mean. It was not a good recap page. No, not at all. It's because the story itself <laughs> is not very well written. No. So a recap page of a poorly written story that has little yes. logic is not going to make a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the art's nice. The art is nice. I like the art. I agree. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good, good comic book art. Yeah, it is. Um, I liked, um, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that issue that was by her? Was it Excalibur? Uh, that was bad. Yes. Well, uh, I don't think it was as bad as that. <laughs> well, that's an improvement. I, yeah, that's, that's something. Um, this is not good writing. Yeah, Steven. I don't. It's not. No, it's, it's not good. It, it lacks. Uh, it lacks internal logic. Mm-hmm. It does not seem to be properly plotted. Yeah. It seems scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. Things randomly happen for no apparent reason. Yep. Yeah, a lot of things I, I, just happen, um, and you know, you know, it's bad when in within the same issue within a certain span of pages um they say hey you can't um you can't hurt these people we could save them and then like five pages later oh yeah they're totally dead i was lying about it it's like okay so you so you just contradict yourself yes that's something where like if this was a start and it was something at the end then maybe you can make it work Mm -hmm. as in as in like a no we can't save these people like it hurts and whatnot you don't really register that in this it's not like they don't care right um I don't really um, find any kind of non-cliched personalities to any of these characters. The character work sucks. Character work is pretty bad. It's um, bad. No, it's bad. N- n- nobody has a personality. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, now, maybe it's just me. I don't think it should be hard to write a decent blade. It shouldn't he be is, hard. He, you give him some cool one-liners and yep. have him cut something, and there's Blade. There yep. you go. Yep. Just watch a bunch of Wesley Snipes movies, yep. and there you go. You've got Blade. Right. Um, he comes across like uh, kind of a, m- a moron. Yes. Um, 
um, saying some bad one-liners. Yes. Uh, Bucky comes across like... No Bucky I ever like seen. Like they're trying to write Superman. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't think Bucky would really care that no, much. he's the Winter Soldier. The dude, yeah, he's, he's an assassin. He's a murderer. He's, a he's killed people. Like, come yeah. on now. Um, uh, if, the, if it had been the reverse and it was Spider-Woman trying to stop him from shooting a bunch of people, then got sure. It. That I makes get sense. That. Um, but, but Bucky? Yeah. It's like, has she ever read a Winter Soldier comic in her life? Uh, I guess not. I guess not. Um, I... I'm trying to remember who else is on this team title. I don't even <laughs> uh, Moonstone when written really well is like one of those mm-hmm. kind of like sexy. Yes. Kind of like, Ooh, like Glenn Close. She's great. Like Glenn Close, <laughs> like Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. as Catwoman. Yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. But here's and just this, super boring and one dimensional. Yeah, she's bland. Yeah. It's so bland. Yeah. Uh, it's like, come on. Yeah, the vil- like if if you're gonna have a bland hero, at least have a good villain. Yeah, and then it's just like okay. No, bland she doesn't hero even do anything. She doesn't nope. fight anybody. Nope. She just stands there and, and then gets taken down. Yeah, and this, immediately. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I'm gonna zap your little. It's like little the, stone here. It was the easiest resolution. Yeah. To a fight I have ever seen in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it was. Yeah. There's even it's it's, terrible. Yeah, it's um it's it's, terrible. It's pretty bad. Um, Angela, I don't know why this. I don't know why she's thing. there. I don't know why. Whatever. Okay. Uh, I I like Monica Rambeau's character. I think she's got a lot of potential. She uh, was as bland as generic as possible. Yeah. And she doesn't come across as somebody who led the Avengers at nope. one time. Nope. Um, and uh, um, uh, Hellstrom. I I mean. He's never really registered to watch with me anyway. Right. Uh, but, I mean, God, Wiccan. I, once again, another great Young Avengers character who they just... Blah. Just toss him somewhere and don't Blah. do anything with him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, I get it. He's a teenager. And in Young Avengers, he made some stupid decisions. But you know what? At this point, yeah. after all this time, he yep. should be at least somewhat competent. Yep. But, no. I agree. We can't do that. No. Yeah. So, and uh, Ghost, that's he's a, he's a he's a goon. He's yep. a goon that turns on the villain. Oh wow, we've never seen that a thousand times mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, nothing. No, really, nothing. No, <laughs> this is a whole bowl full of meh. Yeah, it is. Teeny Howard is her character work is atrocious. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's just it's straight up bad. It's mm-hmm. just in, in comp- and especially after reading Zadarsky's. You know, FF and X Men number one. Mm-hmm. The character work is so phenomenal. This character work is just atrocious. Yeah, it's 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 just it's atrocious. Non-existent. It, it is it, it is it's like zero effort made. Yeah, it is just not, it is just not there. Mm-hmm. Zero character work. The dialogue. I, you close your eyes, you wouldn't know who's talking. Yeah, it's just as generic as it possibly be. The story itself, just it's not good plotting at all. Mm-hmm. There's no logic. Things just randomly happen. Things are randomly resolved easily. It's just not. It's just not good. Yeah. Things happen conveniently. It's just not good plotting. It's no, just, not. it's not good writing at, in any way, no. in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and the art, I like the art. It's good superhero artwork. My mm-hmm. only criticism is, you know, man, details matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, details matter. Hellstrom has a, the, uh, the upside down pentagram on his chest, mm-hmm. right? So you see the flat, the scene of the future where he's being tortured, pentagram on his chest. Mm-hmm. Then you cut back to Wiccan saying, oh, he's in the building. Pentagram on his chest. Next panel, pentagram on his chest. They go find the count in the basement. 
No pentagram. No pentagram on his yeah. chest. Like it's just it's just little things, Steven. I mean, come on, it's, it's not that hard, right? It's kind of like the main the main look of the character. Anyhow, Strike Force number six. How do you grade it? <laughs> um, <laughs> incomplete. Yeah, I want to give the writing an incomplete. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go back and try again. Um, I will give the writing. Eh, I'll give the writing a two. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. It's not the worst I've ever read. Yeah. It's not, it's not a one. Yeah. Yeah. And I will give the art. I will give the art an eight. I quite enjoyed the art. Okay. All lot. right. All right. I want that artist to get more work. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I will go <laughs> for Strike Force number six. I will go two night girls out ten for the writing as well. Sure. It's just, it's just, it's just not good writing, guys. And the art, I will go six night girls out of ten. All right. All right. Let's go over to DC, <laughs> shall we, Stephen? Sure. Let's go over to DC. Let's cleanse our palate from that issue. Yeah. Let's start with, should we start with Just League number 40? Sure. We should. We should do that. This is the first issue of Robert Venditti's run on Justice League, Steven. Yeah. Boom. I like Venditti a lot. I don't know. Yeah. Do you like him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him he, as well. Well, I, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, that, he, he was the one who took over Green Lantern after Jeff Johns, Yes, right? he did. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, well, this is obviously going to be bad because it's, impossible right and he did a great job did a great job he really yeah. did i mm-hmm. agree the art uh, the pencils doug mankey who i love yes. i love me some doug mankey the inks by richard friend and the colors by david baron this issue Stephen, begins with sodom yacht crash landing onto earth he comes to he's disoriented from uh, his impact upon mm-hmm. the Earth's surface, right. and he immediately starts attacking the Justice Leaguers with his heat vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the battle, uh, Batman commands uh, Barry Allen to uh, attack Sodom Yacht with some super speed punches to distract him, mm-hmm. and Barry kind of goes, and nothing happens. And Wonder Woman has to go, move, flash, and gets in the way and blocks the heat vision. And our heroes eventually, you know, Kind of rally. John Stewart puts some green goggles onto Sodom Yacht's face yeah. and to contain the heat vision. He's like, Yacht, stand down. Lantern, Yacht, stand down. It's an order. And then fun- suddenly Yacht comes to, he regains his mm-hmm. awareness. Right. And he's like, Oh my God, what's going on? And uh, Yacht goes, Look, you guys are in trouble. There's an invasion coming to Earth. You guys got to get ready. And then he passes out. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's a Daxamite. So they have a their uh, lead poisoning mm-hmm. is their big weakness. Yep. So they have to take him to Hall of Justice to put him in one of Superman's healing chambers to get him acclimated to the Earth's uh, environment. Yep. While he's in the healing chamber, he says that he's the senator on Daxum. He's the leader of the isolationist party. Mm-hmm. And he says, by the way, uh, um, not an isolationist because I'm xenophobic. I'm isolationist because... I'm worried what Daxamites would do to the rest of the universe. Yes. That's a cool twist. Oh, yeah. Because normally people see, normally in comics, when you see isolationist thing. party and isolationist group in comics, yeah. it's a very negative, mm-hmm. xenophobic thing. Yep. So Venditti takes something that's a, a stereotype in comics, yep. flips it on his head, makes it a positive. Yes. That's good writing. Mm-hmm. I like that. And yeah, Daxamites are a massive threat to the rest of the universe. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> um, he then <laughs> reveals that uh, he gives a little backstory on Daxam. Uh, for Vin, Vin Didi does for new readers. Again, he makes it very new reader friendly. Yes. It's great. You don't have to know who Sodom Yad is. No. He tells you. He tells you that he's an ex-Green Lantern, that he's a Daxamite. You don't have to know what Daxam, who, what Daxam is or Daxamites. Again, he tells you. Mm-hmm. And he gives you this backstory, Stephen, I thought, in a very natural, mm-hmm. organic fashion. Yeah. It's an entertaining way. He never hits the pause and does an exposition dump. No. He weaves it into the story organically and naturally so it doesn't bore longtime readers like you and me. Right. And right, it's very concise. Yes, like concise enough. Yes. Yeah. So long time readers like you and I, not bored by it. No. New readers, you're filled in while the story's progressing. Yep. Really well done, given the backstory in Sodom, Yat, and Daxam. Mm-hmm. Really good job. Anyhow, the the Kryptonians colonized Daxam, and that's why they have the powers right. of Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. The difference is that uh, there's now a new breed of Daxamite soldier, one that's been manipulated by genetics and cloning. So now they have all their strengths and none of the, the weaknesses. weaknesses. Yep. Oh, crap. And they all swear absolute fealty to their leader, the Eradicator. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steven, yes! <laughs> 90s nostalgia. Yep, um, oh, God. And, again, great use of continuity, with um, Sodom Yacht and Daxam mm-hmm. and the Eradicator. Yeah. Not only is it good to use continuity, it makes, it's consistent with the Eradicator's character. He is Kryptonian. He's yeah. all about Krypton. Yeah, rebuilding, right? saving, rebuilding from Krypton. saving Krypton. Rebuilding yeah. Krypton. Well, it would make sense that he would, to fulfill his mission, mm-hmm. he would look at to Daxam yeah. as the best way to fulfill his mission, mm-hmm. right? It's so consistent. Yeah. Good use of continuity, good use of the Eradicator's character, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a fashion that's consistent with what he is. This is his mission statement. Yeah. I like that. Anyhow, so the Rad here is leading a bunch of these newly created Daxamite soldiers with no weaknesses to Earth to take over Earth. Boom. Yeah. There you go. And to eliminate the only real threat to their plans, which is Superman. You got it. Yeah. Again, boom. Right now, halfway through the issue, Stephen, mm-hmm. Venditti has... Assemble the entire team. We yep. know our roster, our Justice League roster, mm-hmm. right? It's Superman, Batman, Barry Allen, Wonder Woman, John Stewart. Mm-hmm. And we've introduced a uh, new character, Sodom Yacht, mm-hmm. who's going to be an ally. Yep. We've introduced the new big bad, the Eradicator. Yep. We've introduced the threat of the Daxam army, mm-hmm. right? Boom! All halfway into the issue. Yep. Bang, bang, bang. He's done everything you do on a debut issue of a new run that a new writer has to do when they take over a title. Half of the issue, he's done it all. It's really good writing, Stephen. (laughs) This is is amazingly good writing. Yes, it is. I mean, wow. So, and then you have uh, Batman going, "Mm, okay, so they don't have your kryptonite vulnerability, Superman, so what else else do you hate? And Superman goes, I try not to hate things. Again, (laughs) Venditti, throughout this issue, Stephen, does an amazing job weaving character work into the story. Mm-hmm. Very naturally. Yes. Using the story itself to, to show the reader personality traits. Mm-hmm. Batman would use the word hate. Yep. Batman hates a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I Superman. Would say so. <laughs> Probably more so than not. <laughs> Superman would never use the word hate. Yep. He doesn't hate things. Mm-hmm. This is what a great way to show the difference between Batman's character and Superman's character, <laughs> but to do it naturally in the story. Yeah. Without pausing and saying, I believe in what. I, no, no, no. Yeah. What a great. This is. That's such good character. That's, that's how you do character work, Stephen. I mean, it's so opposite of what we got in Strike Force 6. Yeah. I mean, th- th- this is how you do character work. <laughs> it, 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 it's, oh, it's such good writing. Yeah. 
And so anyhow, Sumi goes, oh, I really don't like magic, though. I wouldn't say hate, but I really don't like magic. And we're like, <laughs> boom, magic. Got it. And ju- and then uh, Wonder Woman's like, well, Justice League Dark, they're occupied with other matters, but Madame Xanadu might be able to help us out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Batman goes, all right, I'll go get Madame Xanadu, the rest of you. And then John Stewart steps in and goes, everyone else with me will monitor mm-hmm. for anything approaching Earth. So now we learn that John Stewart's the head of the team now. Yes. They, they've elected him leader, which makes great sense. Yeah. Um, personally, uh, I mean, he's got the military background. Yeah. He's calm, cool, and collected always. Mm-hmm. He's a soldier. Like, it works. He's yeah. he's a great character. And he was the leader of the Green Lanterns. Right? That's right. Yeah. So it it makes sense for him to be... Mm-hmm. Superman's the inspiration. Yes. He's the ideal. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be the leader. No. John Stewart's grip the leader. Batman is the smartest guy on the sure. team. He is. He's smarter mm-hmm. than everyone else. And he is the, even though he was in the military, he's the best tactician. Yeah. But Batman should not be the leader. No. He's too much of a loner. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't trust other people. No. And he doesn't play well with others. Mm-hmm. So I don't like him as the leader. I prefer him to be the uh, loyal opposition yeah. to the leader. <laughs> Better role for him. Right. Don't and you think? And you need someone as a leader, ideally, who will not put up with his shit. Exactly. That yeah. gives you the good conflict. Exactly. Right? So, uh, I, li- I like how Venditti puts everyone in their right role. Mm-hmm. Uh, really well done. Yeah. So then we have Batman flying to London in the Batjet. Stephen, this is the only part where I think Venditti's writing wasn't spot on. I understand what he's trying to do. I think maybe it did it in a fashion that might have confused some readers. Yes. Okay? Yeah. And in this, you have uh, one panel where he goes, Batman goes, autopilot, return to the Batcave. Then a second panel where you see Alfred on the screen. He goes, Alfred. And Batman goes, Alfred, remote pilot the jet the jet back to the cave. Alfred goes, planning to uh, swim home, Master Bruce? And Batman goes, if this goes right, I'll be hitching a ride. Yeah. Third panel, you see the computer saying, autopilot engaged. Yeah. I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to show you, that, that middle panel is trying to show you Batman's thought of what he would have done, what he normally would do, mm-hmm. had Alfred s- still be alive. Right. Unfortunately, yeah, it's not it's, placed it's, well. It, there's no, there's nothing, there's a slightly different color hue to the screen and mm-hmm. to the cockpit glass, right. but it's, it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in here to show you that he's dreaming this or imagining this. Instead, yeah. it looks like he's telling the computer, autopilot, and then telling Alfred to remote pilot yeah. the jet back, and then the computer answering autopilot engaged. It looks very confusing. I don't yeah. think Venditti was got a... I know what he's trying to do. Right. I mean, you picked up what he's trying to do. Yeah. At, at first, I, 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 to be honest, the first time I read it, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa hold, hold up. That doesn't like, make any sense. Like, yeah, for Alfred's dead, right? I, had to re- I actually read that those three panels a couple of times. Yeah. And then was like, okay, got it. I yeah. see what he's doing. Yeah. Little, little clunky. What do you think? Yeah, I or think did you, so. Or were you okay with there that? There was... Um... Because for I'd I'd read it and I was like eh, okay I don't I don't know what that is like did he did he like program an Alfred into the to the computer right right um I don't know I feel like I think a lot of readers got confused by that yeah I feel like honestly had they like because there's because there's a big kind of half yeah panel up front of him flying in right I feel like if they had like I don't know kind of shrunk that a bit. Or and then like added like him going into the the cave and then having a flashback and then him like standing there alone. Right. It would kind of sell the. I agree. What's going on a little bit better, but I mean, yeah, that that was 
That was that was unfortunate. <laughs> it was. It was. It, it didn't work as I think he was tr- hoped. Yeah. So then we see Batman arriving in an alley outside of Madame Xanadu's hidden lair. Yes. We then cut to John <laughs> and Superman levitating the air and scanning the horizon. And during their conversation, they talk about Batman, how he seems to be pretty cranky. Mm-hmm. And John says, you know what? It took guts that you came out and told everyone your secret identity. Ugh, yeah. why did they need to have to remind yeah, me of that stupid ass storyline, Stephen? <laughs> I was trying to put it out of my mind. Yeah, but again, this is good. Venditti, unlike with the Batman, he's trying he's trying to weave in current events from the Batman solo title. Right. Just smart idea. Sure. A little clunky, but a smart idea. Here, much better. Yes. Very natural. But this is, but again, Stephen, this naturally fits into the story. This mm-hmm. conversation with John doesn't feel forced or like, no. Don't, I got to fill you in on what's going on in Superman's title. No, it's very organic yeah. the way he weaves it into the story. Mm-hmm. And it brings readers up to speed. Mm-hmm. If you don't read Superman yeah. and you just read Justice League, he's now brought Vindy's now brought you up to speed on what's going on in Superman's life. Right. Just like if you don't read Batman, he was trying to bring you up to speed with what's going on in Batman's life. Right. That's good writing. That's yeah. a good idea on a team title to bring people. You can't assume everyone who reads Justice League reads all these other individual titles. Oh, sure. Okay. It's yeah. a good way to bring people up to date. Yeah. I like that. And it's still it's, it also functions as as character development because the. Um, the line where Superman says that he's wondering how long it'll take for people to see him as a guy from Kansas and right. not an alien. Right. It's like, that's, that's Superman. That like, is Superman. In a sentence. Absolutely right agree. It, it just so concise. His character yeah. work is so concise. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. And then they talk about how uh, Superman, uh, you know, John talks about how Batman appears cranky and Superman's like, well, now that Alfred's passed, again, now he's trying to, he's trying to fill readers right. in on what's going on in Batman's mm-hmm. solo title. Mm-hmm. Now that Alfred has passed, I've known Bat- Bruce longer than anyone. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just not accustomed to someone not him making plans. And <laughs> John immediately thinks it's all about ego. Well, Battlefield's right. no place for ego. And Superman's like, eh, ego's not his problem. Yeah. Trust is. Trust is. Again, yeah. he's nailing, Venditti's just nailing the core character traits to eat yeah. to everybody. And because um, and since you made the point earlier about the word choice, I thought it was interesting that he said that Alfred had passed, not that Alfred was killed, yes. not that Bane murdered Alfred, yes. it was that Alfred had passed. Yes, it's all in, it's yeah, such good writing, Stephen. Yeah. The word choice, <laughs> that, it's meticulous. Yep. You can tell the Venditti really, he really pours over every single word that he uses. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal, that kind of dedication to wordsmith. Yeah. It's just, wow. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's all I it's just amazing. Yeah. Um anyhow, then one woman contacts John and says, Uh oh, guess what? Bad guys are coming on their way here. Mm-hmm. And they're headed for Metropolis. Yep. Superman yep. Boom, <laughs> takes off. Don't and even you say see anything. Him not, boom, like, the blows way. right by John Stewart. <laughs> then we cut back to uh to the Hall of Justice and Barry's like, We gotta catch up to him. And then one woman grabs Barry's arm and says, Wait, are you sure you're okay? You know, before at the impact site when we saw Sodom Yacht, you Batman told you your speed and you didn't. And he's like, I hesitated. It happened. She goes, not you. Yeah. Again, again, Venditti's now, if you don't read mm-hmm. The Flash, he's yeah. now going to educate you on what's going on in The Flash's title. Right. That he's having issues with his powers. Again, mm-hmm. he's, he did it with Batman. He did it with Superman. Now he's doing it with The Flash. He's letting everyone know what's going on in each Characters individual. It's such good and it's such a seamless again, Stephen, very seamless. He's yeah. incorporating he's taking these stories from the other titles and incorporating them into the character work and the story of his of this title. That's right. It's so good. And it's right. Barry it, that's Barry's character. 
Barry doesn't hesitate. Yeah. Barry is a man of impulse. Yep. Always has been. Boom. He's impulse. Yeah. It's a core character trait. He never hesitates. No. <laughs> and then she goes, so her pointing out, not you. He's hammering home that point. Mm-hmm. And then him replying, you doubting me? Try to keep up and boom, taking off. Mm-hmm. Again, showing you again, Barry is a proud character. Yeah. He's very proud. And I think uh, J- uh, Jeff Johns and, and Joshua Williamson have done a great job showing how Barry is a control freak. Mm-hmm. He has to take care of everyone. Yep. He has to take care of his friends, of his family, of his superhero sidekicks. Ever he ha- mm-hmm. he has to take care of everyone. He has to do it all. Yeah, he is a control freak in that, and he views himself as the alpha dog. Yep. I have to do it all, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't take being questioned. No, or doubt it. So uh, good, great character work, and yeah. again, good character work for Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman was not was coming from a place of love yeah. and caring. She mm-hmm. was never accusatory or mean. It's Barry who took it the wrong way. She didn't do it in front of everybody else. No, no, no. And, and Barry took it the wrong way. Yeah. And Venditti lets the reader know mm-hmm. Barry's not a bad guy, but he's showing you that Barry's, yeah. Barry's the one who's getting his nose out of joint. Mm-hmm. And that Wonder Woman handled it in a very loving fashion. Yes. Again, true to her character. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, Steven, it's just, I just can't get enough. Venditti's so damn yeah. good. He is. It's just, it's amazing. Anyhow, we cut to Matro- we we then cut to <laughs> Jeff uh, Jeff Johns. Jeez, we cut to John Stewart. <laughs> Got a flash on my brain. We cut to John Stewart contacting Batman, saying, uh, "Hey, they're on the way. Do you have the asset? When are you going to be here with her?" Yeah. And then you cut to Madame Xanadu's place, and she's got them all like tangled up in all these like magical tentacles. Yeah. And he's like, oh, "I'm a little tangled up here." And <laughs> Madame Xanadu's like, "You know, you don't just walk into my place and yep. expect you know to get what you want." And uh, he goes, and Batman goes, this is going to take a, take more convincing than Wonder Woman suggested. You have to hold. Yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to our heroes, John, Superman, Wonder Woman, Barry Allen, and they're in Metropolis. And John's like, we'll hold Batman, but hurry. And you see Eradicator <laughs> landing and all his Daxamite army behind him. Mm-hmm. And Eradicator's like, here's the there are submit to eradication. The new age of Krypton's legacy has begun. Yep. End of the issue. I mean, I've already given my review of the issue. Yeah. Okay. It's beautifully written. It's mm-hmm. beautiful character work. It's like what Chip Zdarsky did. Yep. That's right. It might even be better. I mean, it's, it's beautiful character work. It's gorgeous dialogue. It's wonderfully wonderfully created uh, chemistry between everybody. It, the, the plotting is superb. The pacing is superb. I mean, how he installs, he, he does what you do when you take over a title. This is his first issue on Justice League. This is his first issue mm-hmm. as the man in control of the franchise. Yeah. And he installs everything <laughs> in short order. Everything is concise. He's like, He's like uh, the comic version of Hemingway. Yeah. Every, every word has a purpose. It's concise. It's short. It's to the point. It's powerful. I, I cannot praise it enough, Stephen. This is beautiful writing. I thought yeah. this was a a phenomenal start to his run on Justice League. I, this is how you this is how you arrive on a comic book. Yep. This is how you follow someone like Scott Snyder. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I I agree with everything he just said. I think that I mean Robert Venditti is one of those people who is. Um, I think he's massively overlooked. He is. And God damn, he is so underrated. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. I mean, I I'm very glad that they gave him Justice League. I, think I he's agree. On for a while. Yeah. Because he's, 
I mean, with um, Green Lantern and Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Hawkman. Oh, so good. Such good writing. Uh, Such good and, writing. Uh, even even like like damage, you know, like yes. a, kind of a simple action title, and he took it and made Did it something more than that. Yes, and um, yeah, he's 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 an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. I've I've really come to you know expect a lot from mm-hmm. him, and he he exceeded even that. I mean, mm-hmm. just the like you said with the with the cho- the word choices of each character, the the situation he's built up, the um the creativity mm-hmm. you know just that and you just feel the the passion yep and what he does it's it's so great and and the art is so good the art's beautiful it's it's like it like it just pops out at you yep. you know it does and oh my god it's so beautiful i think he was the last one to draw the eradicator because mm-hmm. he i don't remember if he no I'm trying, trying to remember because he was yeah. in that. He was in the Superman when they first brought that back right. with uh, Tomasi. The right. Mike Gleason, but it's it, it, he look. It, oh my, it's just that's awesome. So good. And what I love about Vanity's story <laughs> is this story feels big. Yes. And he does. I love that he pulls from different corners mm-hmm. of the DCU. He pulls from the cosmic side with Sodom Yacht, mm-hmm. the Daxamites. He pulls from. The magical side yeah, with of the DCU, with Madam Xanadu. He's really trying to pull from all different corners of the DCU to make this feel big. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, and um, and of course pulling from all the different titles and stuff that's that's been going on. It doesn't. It even though there's a lot of talking, it never feels boring. It no, feels slow. No, it's and that's very hard to pull. Off. Yes, um, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, I knew. Well, I had the feeling he was going to do a great job, but mm-hmm. he did even better than that. So mm-hmm. I, I have no complaints mm-mm, mm-mm. except for that one little thing. Yeah, th- with Alfred trying to get across the out. Al- yeah, yeah, the one thing is like, yeah. oh, okay, the mm. yeah. But I agree. other than that, that to me, amidst all this, that's a nitpick. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the, oh, yeah. The the nitpickiest thing I could point out. I think this is excellent. Yes. Um. So I'm. I agree. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of a better start to a run on any title than this. I totally agree, yeah. and I have a huge man crush on Doug Mankey, so you know I love the artwork oh, anyway. No, of course. <laughs> I, I, I do prefer his. I do prefer his pencils when they're inked by when he inks them himself. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah, he's he's awesome. Yes, it's it's it, this Stephen. I think I think uh, I was worried about when Scott Snyder left this title, but I think mm-hmm. we're in store for a great a oh. great run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you grade out Just Leave Forty? I will give the, I will give it straight nines. Hell yeah! Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing. Same thing. Just League Forty gets nine night girls. I ten for the story. Nine night girls. I ten for the art. Neat. And I recommend people buy this. Yeah, absolutely. Buy this. If you were thinking of leaving this title with Scott Snyder, don't. Do not. No. And if you didn't like what Scott Snyder was doing, you need to come back and give Indeed yes. a chance. Yeah. Then he's his own man. He's doing his own thing. Oh yeah, this guy's own absolutely. style. And it, it's worth. It, this comic is worth every penny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all 100%. right. 100%. Uh, Batman 88, Stephen. Mm-hmm. This issue brought to us the words by James Tinney IV, mm-hmm. the art by my guy, yeah. Gillian March, mm-hmm. and the colors by Tom Umori. Uh, Stephen, in this, we begin with Catwoman digging up a grave while she's on the phone with the Riddler. Mm-hmm. We find out that though some point in the past, Stephen, the Penguin, the Riddler, and a Catwoman and the Joker all did something, mm-hmm. right? 
Yep. Something that she's hidden from Batman. Yep. Now whatever they did is coming back. Yeah. Right? Um, evidently, they were approached by someone called the designer mm-hmm. to commit the perfect crime. Right? right? And so the, we find out that the grave is the fourth person, the Joker, mm-hmm. right? Because it's right. Joker, Catwoman, Riddler, Penguin, Penguin Riddler, right? Riddler, so yeah. Joker. It's the Joker's body she's digging up. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what this perfect crime is that they did for the designer, mm-hmm. but we just know that she has not told the Batman. Yes. We then cut to Batman handcuffing Cheshire. Stephen, how is she <laughs> able to be handcuffed? She got run over by a tractor trailer, like <laughs> like in a Looney Tune cartoon. I mean, there should be no bones in her body left yeah. to handcuff. She, what is she made from? <laughs> Adamantium? Anyhow. She's made from sexiness. She, that she is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gillen March does not miss a beat with, and he draws uh, Cheshire either. No. Uh, <laughs> and so he's handcuffing Cheshire. Now, well, th- it, it, and again, Stephen, I got to say, little details. Yes. We see Batman's putting her arms behind her back. Mm-hmm. He's got his patented bat cuffs yes. in his other hand. <laughs> Then he's got her standing up, and her arms are behind her back, mm-hmm. as if to they are handcuffed. Yes. Uh, he then does a little Vulcan nerve pinch <laughs> to her neck to get her to shut up, right? And she gets knocked out by his yeah. little pinch. I love how it's just, it's just a pinch. He barely touches her neck, and she's like, put it out. Yep. That's, that's great. And then he tosses her over <laughs> his shoulder. Caveman's like, right over <laughs> with her booty right in his face. Yeah. I just want to point this out. Now, the Batman knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's just, he's got a slug over his shoulder, like a sack of potatoes with her butt in his face. And then they show you from the other view, and her arms are hanging down. Yeah. Unhandcuffed. Yeah. It's the uh, details, Stephen. Uh, yeah. The I details. I know. It's just me who picks up on stupid details. Anyhow. Uh, no, that makes sense. So, but in this scene anyway, what happens is uh, Lucius Fox is telling Batman, um, all right, you know, he's filling them in on what's going on over at the black block where yeah. uh, the penguin has gotten involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the Batman's like, well, I need a ride. And Lucius, Lucius is like, all right, and pouch 17, fill out this device. It's called the Echo. Now take it over to the third car parked from the corner, place the Echo on that car's hood. It'll then. Boom, Morph into the Batmobile. It doesn't really morph in. It just gets an illusion yeah, tapped illusion, over yeah. to make it look like the Batmobile. And so it'll mask the true image of the car. Now, steal the car. <laughs> and Ben's like, you want me to steal a car? And he's like, it's actually, it's my car. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's very convenient that Lucius yeah. Fox had this car here. But anyhow, <laughs> he, um, so he throws Cheshire in the car with him, and they take off. We cut back to Riddler talking to Catwoman. Riddler is just loving that Catwoman has not told Batman. Mm-hmm. He is like, was <laughs> delicious. And then he's like, basically, he's like, look, you know, I can't wait to see what happens when Batman figures out what you've hidden from him. And uh, don't call me again. And I can't wait for you to fall because you're going to fall the hardest of all of us. <laughs> okay. And then Catwoman's like, ah, crying in the rain. And then suddenly, oh, no. Joker's corpse starts talking. <laughs> oh god really and then these two creepy guys look at undertakers appear on the scene with shovels and they clock Catwoman in the face and she falls into the grave on top of Joker's dead body mm-hmm. and Joker's like 
And, you know, death was boring. It's, uh, but it was a good rest. But, uh, you know, I missed the thrill of the chase. And uh, he goes, before Batman took me down, I set my masterpiece in motion, a perfect crime that would make me live forever. And now it's time for you to pay for your transgressions. <laughs> we then cut to the Penguin has captured Deathstroke and the other hitmen. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's got them in a uh, holding cell, an, a chilly old holding cell. It's a place where uh, 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 Frost, not Frost, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze yeah. used to hang out, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, oh no, Deathstroke escapes from the chains yeah. where he was tied up. Mm-hmm. And he starts beating up some of the, it looks like there's a police. Well, Penguin bought out. Penguin bought cops. out some of the cops, yeah. so uh, he takes out some of the cops that have been bought out, and then he helps free the other hitmen. And then suddenly, Batman drives the car into the <laughs> through the wall and hops out of the car. And Lucius Fox is like, "You realize that car has none of the armor of a usual Batmobile." And yeah. Batman goes, "Bill me." <laughs> and then he starts, he's kicking ass on all the assassins. He's just mowing his way through everybody. And then he and then he mows down uh, Merlin, and then last man standing is Deathstroke, and he's got Penguin with a knife up against Penguin's throat, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Back off, Batman, or I kill uh, Penguin." And then Merlin uh, retrieves uh, Cheshire mm-hmm. from the car, and Batman's like, "What's the point of all this, Slade?" And then Slade goes, "Oh." You tell me. You're the detective. And then he slices Penguin's throat. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. Tosses the penguin to the ground and then throws like a flash bomb. Yep. And Deathstroke and the other Cheshire and Merlin and the other assassins disappear. And Batman's holding Penguin's neck as he's bleeding out. And he's like, just shut up so I can cauterize it with a laser. And Penguin's like, listen, listen, four of us, Riddler, Joker, Catwoman, uh, the Underworld United, we did this a year ago, is a shell game designed to beat you. False targets, they're still going to die, but they're only there to keep you busy, to keep you from stopping him from reaching the goal, the perfect crime. The designer is real. He is in Gotham City. He has one true target, Bruce Wayne. So all these hitmen mm-hmm. going about doing all other things are the shell game. They're designed to yeah. keep Batman busy, trying to t- chase all these hitmen, right? Mm-hmm. While the designer is in Gotham, yep. and he goes after the real target, Bruce Wayne. Yep. Okay. Whew. All right, so then we cut back to Catwoman. She's digging out of the grave where she was in with uh, uh, Joker's body, mm-hmm. and all of Joker's Undertaker-looking guys are being super creepy still, yeah. and, they're, and <laughs> the Joker's talking through them. He somehow possessed their bodies. Right. And they're like, there's no use running Catwoman. You've dug your own grave. And then suddenly a mallet hits one of the uh, henchmen in the head. And it's, oh boy, it's Harley Quinn. Yay. (laughs) And uh, Harley Quinn's like, you don't even want to know how deep this goes. It's enough to drive you nuts. And oh, the issue. Mm -hmm. All right, Steven. Batman 88, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was... um I thought it was great. Again, yep. I think. Yep. Um, Tinian's doing a good job in this title, Stephen. Yes, he is. This is his third issue on Batman, and yeah. he's he is firing on all cylinders, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, this is fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's very intriguing. Um, it's got good character work. Mm-hmm. I think that the... Uh, um, the It still seems like there's a lot of mystery. Oh, yeah. Even though... With like, the designer. Yeah, with the designer. Mm-hmm. I, I have the feeling... I mean, I don't know if it's a completely new character. It probably is. 
But um, I just had the feeling like, okay, it's somebody who's specifically after Bruce Wayne. Like, I got like a hush kind of thing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, hush. That'd be cool. It would be cool. Uh huh. Okay. I love that character. Yeah, um, definitely. And, um, you know, the stuff with. Um, with the henchmen mm-hmm. and uh, well, not the henchmen, the hitman. Yes. Um, still interesting. I love that. I love the way that he writes Deathstroke. Yeah. I, he's, oh, he's, he's so cool. He's so cool. He is so cool. And um, I love the um, um, the way with the Riddler and the mm-hmm. Penguin. Mm-hmm. And I think he's done a great job with so many of these villains already. Like you know, yeah, it's such a short order. Yeah, kind of only the third <laughs> issue. I mean. Wow! So he's already he's already got a, a handle on him. Yeah, so the Joker. Yeah, which I don't even know if he's actually dead. Or not. Right, I mean, he could actually be dead. This is just like um, a recording or something. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the Joker, of course. Um, and um, I do like the the stuff with Catwoman. I think that mm-hmm. is very interesting. Yes, um, because it of course it always plays on why Batman and Catwoman have never worked out. Right, is that he can't. He cannot trust her right. because she's a criminal. And he has trust issues. Yeah, I would say so. It's <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, that's why he belongs with Wonder Woman. Yeah. She doesn't lie. <laughs> Bingo. I have, damn it, Stephen, I have always agreed with that. I, I have always agreed with the shipping of Batman and <laughs> Wonder Woman. It just Wonder makes Woman. sense, damn it. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. It's cool. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the, I mean, it's... It's just, I mean, and there's, you know, there's still some humorous lines like, bill me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally. And, you know, so it's got the action. It's mm-hmm. got some decent humor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's beautiful. The art is so good. Oh, Gillen March is the man, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. It's gorgeous looking. It's somehow both gorgeous and grotesque when he's yes, it's fantastic, isn't it? Get you someone who can do it all, like he can, him. <laughs> he, he can, he can, he can give you the serious, the action. He can give you the sexy and the grotesque. Oh yeah, he can do it all. Oftentimes in the same scene. Yes, is <laughs> it is. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? I agree. But um, yeah. So I am, I am one hundred and ten percent on board. I, I think this is shaping up to be something really special. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I. Oh yeah, yeah I I love it. I am all in on James Tinian's Batman. Yes. All in, I uh, I I'm right there with you, Stephen. This is a the, the plotting is brilliant. The way yeah. he is juggling so many characters uh, with complete ease. Mm-hmm. He's got so many plot lines running at the same time. So many characters, so many moving parts, and it is all coming together in a really really logical, mm-hmm. intelligent fashion. Yeah. Uh, the pacing is brilliant. This story moves. Mm-hmm. It hits the ground. There's no wasted panel space. There's no wasted pages. There's no wasted dialogue. There are no dull moments. There are no moments where it, where it drags at all. No. Pacing is just superb. It's well-balanced between uh, furious action and more dialogue-heavy uh, plot progression scenes. Yeah. So very well-balanced. It's got lots of mystery and intrigue around the designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right, the character work is exceptionally strong. Yeah. I mean, very good character work. The dialogue, very well crafted. Mm-hmm. Good external voices for each of the characters. Good, unique external voices for each character. Yeah. Really good chemistry between the bad guys mm-hmm. as well. Just it's just brilliant. Lots of twi- unexpected twists and turns with the Joker, mm-hmm. and then later with Harley Quinn. Yep. 
Lots of cool twists and turns, plenty of mysteries. It's just, it is so immersive. It just pulls you in deeply into the story yep. and is just fun and exciting and entertaining. I just love it. I love it to death. I'm excited to find more about the, learn more about the designer. Mm-hmm. I love that Catwoman is going to be exposed as um, keeping a secret. Yep. And I'm ho- I'm really hoping this leads to the breakup of <laughs> Selena and Bruce because they need to be broken up. Eh, probably not. So fingers <laughs> crossed on that one, Stephen. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. <laughs> uh, 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 they're not keeping them together forever. Uh, so anyhow, yeah, great. And, and and of course the art, it's it's Killer March, man. The yeah. guy's the guy's phenomenal. He can do everything. Action, yeah, dialogue, heavy scenes, doesn't matter what. The, the emo- emotion he puts into the characters' faces is incredible. Mm-hmm. His detail is awesome. He's just, he's just a phenomenal artist. Yeah. Just such a phenomenal artist. This is a great comic. This is worth reading. This is worth your money. If you were like me and kind of eh, faded away from Batman during Tom King's run, it's mm-hmm. definitely time to give this a try again. Yeah. Definitely, because Tinian's offering something different mm-hmm. that that might you might you might you might dig. Yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. How would you grade out Batman number eighty-eight? Um, I will give I'll give the writing a nine, and I'll give the art a ten. Boom! Bam! You know what, Steven? Yeah. Same thing. I'm gonna hey. give the writing nine night girls a ten, and I'm giving my boy Gillen March. 10 fat bootylicious <laughs> leather wearing night girls out of 10. Yeah. All right. Oh, L- last up, Steven. Last yes. up. The big one. Young Justice number 13. Yes. Why'd I do this to you? Why? I don't know. Did you wonder? I'm, I don't even know why you're bothering summarizing the issue when nothing happens. So, funny thing, Steven. Mm. Let me ask you this. Yes. In all seriousness, yeah. in all seriousness, mm-hmm. did anything happen? In, I mean, putting joke, being dead serious, mm-hmm. did anything happen in Young Justice 13? No. 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 It's, Stephen, this is stunning. This might be one of the few times I have picked up a comic <laughs> book, Stephen, and literally nothing. Now, we've joked about how Bendis stories in the past have been slow. Yeah. And lacked plot progression. And they but do. Then they do. Often. <laughs> quite often. But, this might be the first time I've picked up a comic where literally nothing happened. Yeah. Like, literally nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It's like I paid $4 for a bag of air. Yeah. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's stunning. Yeah. Uh, this issue, the words Brian Bendis. Yes. And... Uh, Oop, here it goes. Sorry. The words Brian Bendis and David Walker. Mm-hmm. The art is a bit art by committee. You've yeah. got mm-hmm. Michael Avon Oming yeah. doing art. He does the main, a lot of the main story art. Right. Then you've got John Timms doing some more of the main story art. Mm-hmm. And you've got my boy, my boy Mike Grell mm-hmm. doing just a handful of flashback scenes. Yes. But those... Which, ironically enough... Um, uh, <laughs> those... God, Mike Grell. Yeah. I love Mike Grell. Yeah. Mike Grell is an icon. He's, uh, he's, he's very, 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 very fantastic. 
He is. And, and Mike Grell, because um, most people probably know Mike Grell from Warlord. Yeah. And, uh, and from Green Arrow. Yeah, from the Longbow Hunters. Yeah. Right. I have a warm spot in my heart for Mike Grell. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, for the Legion of Superheroes. Of course. Where he did some of the most outrageous costumes <laughs> you will ever see. I mean, just just fantastically outrageous <laughs> costumes. I just, it's awesome. Yeah. Anyhow, anyways, uh, this issue. <laughs> no, seriously, Stephen. But it begins. You're on. You're on Scartaris, mm-hmm. and Warlord is with Superboy, yes. Connor, and and he basically just introduces himself to Connor and says, "I like this planet." And Connor's like, "You know, you ever feel lost?" And that gives Warlord an excuse to say, "Well." Let me tell you about being lost and give his origin about how he's from yes. Earth. He gets goes to Skataris, gets stranded here, and then finds out it's a great place to be. And he got as lost as anyone could possibly be, but it was the beginning of a new adventure, and he started this whole new life and experienced all these things that he would ne- that he would never yeah. ever have experienced if he hadn't gotten lost on this planet. Mm-hmm. And he tells him his whole basically gives the whole origin story to Warlord. And yeah. Stephen, the only thing you got to worry about, the only thing of interest in this issue, yeah. Is Mike Grell's artwork. Yes. And brother, the double page <laughs> splash shot you get is vintage mm-hmm. Mike Grell. Yep. What can you get with Mike Grell? You can get people <laughs> wearing very little clothing. Yes. That is what Mike Grell gives you. <laughs> he does not believe in a lot of clothing. <laughs> he just does not. You get in this double page splash shot, Stephen. Yes. Warlord. In all of his glory. Mm-hmm. His costume design, Stephen, we could call minimalist, couldn't yes. we? It's basically a uh, armored skull on the right shoulder, mm-hmm. a long chain, yep. and the tiniest loincloth a man can purchase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And some furry boots. Mm-hmm. And that's the costume. Yeah. And who is he surrounded by? Women. Yep. Wearing possibly... The tiniest bikinis <laughs> any woman could possibly wear. <laughs> I just love this. And the reason why I love this art, Stephen, is because you would never, yeah. in a million years, <laughs> get this kind of art yeah. from any current day artist yes. doing any modern comic book mm-hmm. nowadays. Yeah. You would never get this. Nope. Mike Grell can do it because it's Mike fucking Grell. That's right. <laughs> and he don't care. Mm-hmm. You want me to, you're paying me money to come back to do a couple of pages. Yeah, you're getting Mike Grell. Yeah, you're getting Mike <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's in my contract. You're, you would never see this, Steven. <laughs> people like, we're so like puritanical people like clutch their pearls and go, oh my God, it's a human body and pass out dead. <laughs> but not Mike Grell. Yeah, Anyhow. No, definitely not. So basically it's just the origin story of his warlord. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. But Stephen, am I wrong? And then no. and then you cut to the scene of the rest of, of of our of our young heroes, Wonder Girl, the Wonder Twins, Jenny Hex, Amethyst, Teen Lantern, Dolly's for Hero, Woo Woo, uh, Impulse, Naomi, and Drake. Oh, yeah, I don't. Like I just either. can't. I just can't do that. Anyhow, <laughs> and they're all hanging out and uh, deciding. That they've got to go attack Star Labs, mm-hmm. right? That's what Connor told them to do. Yes. They got to go attack Star Labs, and then suddenly uh, the dial H phone goes wonky, and Ginny's truck, whatever she's got in the, in the back of her truck, goes wonky, mm-hmm. right? 
and um, something about the uh, what the whatever little gidget gadget the Wonder Twins have gets wonky. It's Kryptonian energy, mm-hmm. and so they decide, huh? This must be related to whatever's going on uh, uh, at Star Labs because they're or they they managed to find out where the the origin of this wonky energy surge is coming from, and it's mm-hmm. coming from the Star Lab facility. They were going to attack. How convenient, Stephen! <laughs> and then Bart goes, "I'll meet you guys there." He's heads off to. Uh, uh, he goes. Tim tells him, "We need backup. You're going to need backup, Bart. We need you too." And Bart goes, "I'm on it." Meet you there. Text me where I'm going. Wait, wait. If he's on it and he's going to meet you there, why would he need you to text him where he's going? I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for that scene. Yes. We cut back it. to Warlord and Connor. And his origin. And his origin. Yes. Oh. And his glorious costume. <laughs> I just can't get enough of that guy. That's a lot of thigh that Warlord is showing off. Yeah. You can call him thigh guy. <laughs> and, and, and then um, they're suddenly attacked by the green Manalishi. Who's a bad guy? Sure. With a kryptonite sword. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we cut back to our young heroes on the way to flying on the way to Star Lab. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Bart Allen arriving at the location to get the quote-unquote backup. Right. And we see the real, well, well supposedly real sure. Young Justice. And it is uh, the, the uh, I don't remember his name, but it's the black Aqualad, not, not the original Aqualad. Right. It's Jackson something, I okay. think. Okay. And <laughs> it is um, uh, Red Arrow. Um, Come on, what's your name? Is it Arrowette? Oh, is that Arrowette? I think that's Arrowette. And the spoiler. Spoiler. And sideways. Yep. Yay! Sideways. He lives. <laughs> Yay! Glad to see sideways He's still again. Out there. Yay. Glad to see sideways. I mean, that Aquaman, the Aqualad sucks. And I'm not gonna spoiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but. Um, Sideways is awesome. Yes. He's awesome. So I'm super excited to see him involved again. Yeah, me too. But seriously, Stephen, I mean, I'm not joking. There really nothing happens. No. Like, literally, literally nothing happens in this issue. <laughs> it's shy. It's, it's an issue about nothing. Nothing happens. You can skip this issue entirely. Literally go from tw- issue 12 to issue 14. Yeah. Literally skip it. Mm-hmm. You will not miss anything. No. It's stunning. I know. It's stunning. I know. So how would you, uh, I don't know, what, what are your impressions? Um, uh, the, the only good thing about the issue are, is the Warlord backstory pages. Yeah. My girl's art. My girl's art. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think they're, they're written decently enough. I like, I, I think he has a, you know, interesting enough backstory that's, yep. it's like, oh, cool. This is a person who is cool. Warlord is cool. Cool stuff. I like Warlord. And, um, so yeah, that was, um, 
so that was nice. That, mm-hmm. uh, that, that those five pages. Mm-hmm. I think it's five pages. Yeah, be less than that. I don't know. Um, yep. Because he was counting. Right? Am I right? Right. Um, <laughs> and um, then there's uh, the things, the scenes with him and Connor are um, they're there. They're there. Um, the scenes with the other young Justice characters who apparently have doubled in size. Yes, the roster has grown considerably. Yeah, and is growing as, even as, further. As other one, as all the Wonder Comics titles get canceled, yeah, they, they get, get added, added to, young, to Justice. young Justice. Naomi gets canceled. You're young on Young Justice. Justice. <laughs> Wonder Twins get canceled. You're on Young Justice. Yeah. Dolly Fair get. You're on Young Justice. Yeah. Uh huh. The home for they, wayward they extended, characters. Um, Dial H. Limited. Limited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. So it's not canceled. No, 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 my bad. My bad. <laughs> I like Dial. I don't, like Dial don't, H. Don't say that. I know <laughs> Dial H is a great comic. I I I enjoy Dial H. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's it is fun. Um, I like the art. Mm-hmm. They're not doing anything. Nope, not except at all. for that one splash out where they have the invisible jet. And yes, then the, uh, the, the the flying truck, truck and all that. And the, yeah, the truck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's uh, five pages that I liked. Um. There's one joke from Bart that I liked, mm-hmm. but because it was kind of dumb and didn't mm-hmm. laugh anyway. And uh, some decent art yep. for nothing. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's that. That's Young Justice. Yep, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really There's nothing really to review because there's no story to yeah, review. There's, there's nothing here. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it. There's yeah. nothing to review. Mike Grohl's art's great. Yeah. Uh, it's Mike Grohl. Um, <laughs> and I'm not a huge fan, just, you know, personally, of um, of uh, Michael Oming's artwork. Yeah, me neither. I, I just, it doesn't it doesn't work for me no. at, at all. But John Tim's artwork yes. was nice. Mm-hmm. I did like his artwork. And Absolutely. Mike Grell's, of course, is superlative. Yes. It's Mike Grell. It's Mike Grell. Uh, you know, I just Jesus, Stephen. Just <laughs> why would you buy this issue? <laughs> My God! And this is what gets me is like comics are expensive nowadays, Stephen. Yeah, they're too expensive for you to roll out an issue like this. And people wonder, and people wonder why Young Justice is selling like crap on a stick. Mm-hmm. And this this title is DOA. Yep. It's getting horrible sales numbers because the, at four dollars a pop, I can't justify spending four dollars on a comic that has nothing to it. Yeah, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. You just can't. That's too bad because there are a lot of cool characters on this title. Yeah, there are yeah. Connor. I love Connor. He's a mm-hmm. great character. Cassie, she's a fantastic character as well. Tim Drake, fantastic character. Bart Allen, fantastic character. Yeah. Um, I love Dial H. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, <laughs> okay, the Warlord. <laughs> Warlord! Great character. Yeah. You know, so most of these are great. Yeah. You know, Sideways, awesome character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a couple of bums in here, but you can't do... <laughs> you, 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 you can't get everything right. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean there, there are characters that no one cares about other than Brian Bendis. That would sure. be Naomi, Ginny Hex, and Amethyst, and Teen Lantern. Teen Lantern. Nobody cares about those characters. Yeah. They just don't. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, uh, the Aqualad character probably has more fans probably. Uh, than those characters do. Mm-hmm. Okay? Spoiler has more fans than those characters mm-hmm. do. Okay? Yeah. So... It says a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I just... It's too bad. There are a lot of cool characters, though, sure. in here. There are a lot of cool characters. It's just... God, it's just... 
I, Young Justice deserves so much better than this, Stephen. I agree. Young Justice is a great franchise. It just deserves so much more. It just yeah. does. They need to just get Bendis and David Walker the hell off this title and put mm-hmm. a put a real writer on here. Put who, Sam Humphreys on there. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. would be cool. Just someone who seems to be interested in actually writing and creating a fun story. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's unfortunate. Anyhow, how do you grade out Justice uh, Young Justice uh, 13? Oh god. Um Well, there there's no writing. So I'm yeah, I mean, got to have a story gonna, in order to grade it, right? Just going to put an NA there. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Try again. Uh, right. Right. Go back and, and you know, uh, we're sending it back for revisions and then they can send it back to us and yeah. then we'll grade it. Right. Um well, there's three sets of art, so yeah. um uh, Mike Grohl's art is always a 10. Yes. Um uh, John Tim's art is a 9. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. It's a shame he had nothing to draw. Yeah, it is. Um and uh that other uh, Michael Oming you said, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh uh that's 5. Yeah. 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 Um I I for the writing, I mean, I, <laughs> You gotta have a story to get a grade, don't you? I don't know, Stephen. I, it, yeah. I mean, I don't. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's three night girls out of ten. I don't know. I can't. It's hard. There's no story to grade. Uh, wow, just, generous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the art, though, you're right. The art with Oming, I'm gonna go. He's a uh, four night girls out of ten for me. <laughs> and Tim is eight night girls out of ten. Uh-huh. And Grell, ten, ten. Scantily clad, teeny tiny bikini wearing night girls out of ten. <laughs> okay, there you go, Stephen. Yeah, I, I I would say that um, uh, in a battle for last place, uh, Strike Force number six versus Young Justice number thirteen. Who are you going with? Worst comic we had to read. Which one? Uh, Young Justice. Because <laughs> at least Strike Force had a story. Uh, well, uh, yeah, it had something. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> But on the other hand, we got four really good issues. Oh yeah, we got four really good issues. Mm-hmm. Two from uh, well, three really good. One solid. Ant Man <laughs> was a solid. Yeah, I would say right, really good. Right. It was a solid. You're but right. three really good issues. Yes. And you know, there's some. There are a lot of com- You know, there there are a lot of comics. Marvel and DC are publishing so many comics these days. It's yeah. hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. You know, mm-hmm. but I do recommend, and I think you would agree. I really think you know, if you have a limited budget to spend on comics, you get you got to be choosy. Yeah. But I do think Justice League, Batman, are are they, they are worth every penny. I agree. I, I think if you're working on a limited budget, th- those two, mm-hmm. they're worth it. They're really worth it. Um, X-Men, X-Men, Fantastic Four number one, yeah, worth it, but it's a limited series, so yeah. I, I, I could see you if maybe you want to, yeah, you yeah. want to trade rate that, but as far as a monthly title, I mean, yeah. Just League and Batman, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, Stephen, DC just, they just have better writers than Marvel. Yeah, they just I would do. Say so. mm-hmm. They just do. Yeah. DC is loaded down with some amazing talent at the writer position, and Marvel is just bereft of talent right now. Yeah, I think. And they, and they keep pulling from, you know, 
magazine columnists, newspaper columnists, uh, university professors, uh, sitcom writers. Just I don't know <laughs> where they're looking for their writers, but they're looking in the wrong places, Stephen. Yeah, wrong places. And a lot of has-beens, unfortunately. Yeah, it kills me to call Mark Wade a has-been. Yeah. Right now, I think the only weeks the, the only. The, the only weak spot D- DC has in the writer position is Brian Bendis, Bendis at yeah. this point. He's the only one who's... Look, Bendis, back in the day, Stephen, mm-hmm. late 90s, early 2000s, early 2000s in particular, yeah. he could write. Oh, yeah. His Daredevil was no joke. Nope. That was damn good writing. Mm-hmm. Bendis' Daredevil was damn good. Yeah. And, and, and his and early Ultimate Spider-Man was yeah. damn good. Bendis did some damn good writing. Yeah. Uh, but he's guys, look, he's in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And I do believe writers have a certain amount of words in them. I'm a firm believer in any writer, uh, yeah. novelist, mm-hmm. poet, screenplay writer, comic book writer, whatever, writers. Yeah. I think they just have a limited number of stories in them. Mm-hmm. And some have more than others. Sure. You know, some have more than others. Some, you know, don't write a lot. Hemingway. Yeah. But what they did was amazing. Others are far more prolific. Stephen King. Yep. Okay. But I think each writer has their own sh- their own set amount of stories and words inside of them. And I think Bendis has run past his because while he's always had certain weaknesses to his writing, yeah, sure. The overall quality of his writing, Stephen, is shockingly worse yeah. compared to what it was in the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Like, like shockingly worse. I agree. And that, I, God, I had hoped that we had gone past. I mean, that event Leviathan, it wasn't bad, I don't think. It was it just kind of... Sold like crap, though, too. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. And for a big event, DC was... You know, when you roll a big event, mm-hmm. DC expects big numbers. Yeah. And it just didn't get that. No. It got very mediocre numbers for a big event. Very me- mediocre numbers. And the story itself was, eh. It was okay. It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't bad, no. But it wasn't anything special or good that would you would tell you, you would never say, "Hey, you gotta go, you gotta go read this yeah. comic. Go, go buy it." Mm-hmm. It didn't do that. Yeah. Um. It's really surprising. His his writing is in his, now that he's in his fifties, Stephen. I just his his writing is really it is noticeably fallen off. Yeah. It really has. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's really, but he's but he's the only, in my opinion. Outside of him, DC is stupid rich with talent at the yep. writer position. Mm-hmm. Just sinfully rich with talent yeah. at the writer I position. I agree. They got so much talent. It's insane. Yeah, because somebody had asked me about Marvel. Like, what are, you, what are you actually reading? And I was like, well, I read anything Chip Zdarsky does. Agreed. So I think he's fantastic. Agreed. I, I read Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick Spencer is, yes. can be quite good. He can, yeah. Um. I I like Jonathan more, Hickman's actually Jonathan Hickman, yes. Now he's he's a floater. He is. He's not a, he's not in the Marvel. No. He he's there as right, long as right. he wants to be there. Oh, absolutely. And then he'll agreed. Leave again. Agreed, agreed. Um but yeah, yeah. Hickman's X Men. I like X Force. Yes. Um, yes. That one's very yes. good. Yep. Um I like I like Donnie Cates. Mm-hmm. I think he's agreed. got a lot of talent. Yep. Um it's just a Charles Soul. Yes. Um I think I think he's is he just doing the um the Star Wars title now? For I them? think he is right now. Which that's a shame. He is a practicing attorney though, so I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. You know, but you know. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Gotta pay the bill, Steven. I know. 
<laughs> and it's like it's it's not that it's all bad. It's just they put out so much yeah. crap. Yes, yes. That it just it threatens to overwhelm. You know yeah. everything. That's the, and good, they don't have know? the the depth at the writer position to have that many titles. No, they just absolutely don't. not. They just don't. All right, my friend. Uh, yeah. Well, on that note. On that bombshell. All right. <laughs> Until next time, viva la revolucion. <laughs>